oh boy. I didn't think I was going to do another one of these. Because how do you top that <laughs> first one where I just literally like spill my guts <laughs> into this microphone and for whoever's listening to hear, I had multiple people tell me you need to take this down immediately <laughs> and I understand why it was pretty um, raw and painful and apparently that is when I when I'm feeling like raw and just in extreme pain that's when I feel like sitting down in front of this microphone which is strange and confusing but I'm gonna go with it and I will again say no clue if I will publish this or not but um Feeling alone and sad and um, unable or ill-equipped to kind of process the magnitude of sadness is, oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. And I have to imagine that I am not the only person out there who feels this way, who feels um, just pain that you, you don't know how to kind of process or cope with or deal with. And if you're alone... You don't know, you know, what, where to put it, what to say, what to do. Um, and again, it, I think I said this last time. I've experienced, as, as everyone has, just such brutal, like, crushing pain in life over the years, loss and sadness and, and rejection and hurt, but every time it feels like the worst time, doesn't it? Like this feels like, like, God, uh, like. The pain I felt when I lost my mom. God, that must have been worse than this. I mean, I love Mark, but <laughs> I loved my mom more. <laughs> and um, and it was, you know, a handful of years ago, so I can't totally remember it. But I have to, I have to believe that it was so much worse than this. Yet at the same time, this feels... unmanageable <laughs> and that may say something about my my coping skills <laughs> as a full grown adult they are not great clearly 
And as I spoke about last time, my codependency is pretty severe. So um, it is, yeah, it is hard to feel good about myself if there's not someone else helping me feel good about myself, which is such a shameful thing to say, or it feels shameful at least. I was, I was doing okay since, um, since the last time I recorded something like this, uh, I mean, moment to moment for sure, but I was finding more moments were, were okay than not up until, uh, yesterday. Well, no, (laughs) up until today. God, that like creepy maniacal laugh is really, it's, it sounds worse in my brain, maybe, hopefully. Um, I'm trying to keep it together. I, I really am. (sighs) I don't know when I recorded the first anatomy of a breakup, I think is what I titled it. I don't, I don't know earlier this week and, and, and it helped. I felt a lot better. I I recorded another one just for Patreon because it felt, um, truthfully, it felt kind of fucking boring. It was just really me in my own head and, and it wasn't as, um, spur of the moment. I I kind of thought about it all day and thought about what I was going to talk about and so it felt less organic um but still it helped me so I I put it on Patreon but and who knows where this will go if anywhere but um I was sitting outside on the ground crying (laughs) six minutes ago and uh didn't know what to do So here I am and out of love and respect for Mark and for my sister who also is part of this podcast and, and she, she doesn't really have a say in me recording these highly emotional, um, and pretty private, um, things and then publishing them on a podcast feed that she's part of that's it is somewhat unfair to her but again who knows if I'll publish this if I do it's because this is all I got I have been trying to write and record a new episode by myself all week for um Tuesday and I just couldn't do it I I tried it just this breakup is consuming me and I hate saying that because I am stronger than that. I don't want a breakup to consume me. I want to be able to feel sad and grieve it and mourn and also still function as like a normal person. And I am having a hard time today to do that. 
Um, but what I was saying is all week I was, I was okay. You know, I, I put out that the first whatever breakup thing and I got a lot of wonderful feedback and I also got a lot of people saying like, Ooh, take that down. That is far too personal, which <laughs> probably it was, but I mean, so what? Somebody messaged me on Instagram and said, how brave of you to share those feelings with a bunch of strangers. And I thought, God, I feel like that's the least brave thing I've done. I mean, it's so easy. I'm sitting here in my home by myself. Nobody's around. Nobody's watching me, listening, judging. I'm just literally spewing my like unhingedness into this microphone and maybe I'll publish it. Maybe I won't, but like it doesn't feel brave. It feels sad. It feels sad. I feel so sad. And I guess I have felt sad so many times in life as all of us have. And I've never like looked like when I'm sad, I don't want to watch something sad or listen to sad music. I, I, a lot of people do. They just like, like lean into their sadness. I have trouble with that. So if I'm sad, I just want to get through it. Like I want to get past it, like be sad and then get over it. So I will uh, self-medicate that sadness or, um, <laughs> Try to like sleep the sadness off. And I have felt sadness for sure, heartbreak and, and love. Um, losing my mom, I think, was probably one of the bigger ones. Losing Izzy, my bulldog, was real hard. I can't pinpoint this sadness it is um it's sad <laughs> i'm i'm so sad and it's also missing someone i miss um him being here and it's also um like a bit of shame and embarrassment and rejection. Like, I've laid my heart on the line and told him that um, I, I, I don't want anyone else. I can never imagine someone else. Like, and I get that that people say that when they're in a breakup. Like, I can't imagine anyone else except for the person that I've loved for such and such amount of time. Of course, that makes sense. But um, our story is like so... I don't know, maybe I'm romanticizing it a little bit. But, like, I remember meeting Mark... 
I don't know, 15 years ago. He was just always, <laughs> he was just always just Mark. <laughs> like, and that's funny because later on when we actually started dating or before we were seriously dating, uh, my good friend that I worked with, Jason, I was talking to him and he said, so like, who's this Mark? And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's just, he's just Mark. He's like, he's just Mark. He's like kind of always around and I've known him for years. And so then Jason would always call him just Mark. How's just Mark? Um, and because for years he was, he was Mark. He was so fun and lovely. And like, I don't know, I was, I was in relationships or married. He was in relationships. It was just never a thing, but I always really enjoyed him. And I like loved his company and his energy and he was so fun. He's cute, handsome and, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the time he was otherwise engaged. I was otherwise engaged. He was my, my brother-in-law's best friend and that's it. You know, he was in my, in my sister's wedding as was I, he was, uh, at at their engagement party. We did Friendsgiving years ago, like me, Jenna, Michael, Mark, Fred. Um, he was at my mom's funeral. Like he was, he was just Mark. He was just always around. And I always had like a, uh, like a very harmless, mild crush on him. He was cute. And we, we had a good banter. And I definitely, remember thinking at, at one point, like, oh, I bet Mark would be so fun to date. <laughs> and that was it. It was like a fleeting thought, nothing else. <sighs> and then when I moved to Tucson, I got divorced. I changed careers. My mom died. All of that happened. I talked about it. Um, you know, 2017, 2018. And I stayed in Atlanta alone, single, loving being single. Uh, and not because I was like going out and having a great time because I was literally had one friend and no family. And it's just me and Henry and Izzy and Kat. And I worked out and I worked. My job was my life. And it was just, it was great. I had like, I was happy because I didn't really have to consider anybody else's emotions. So it was really easy. And I remember thinking during that time, like, God, I've thought in the past I'm depressed or I don't handle emotions well. And during that whole time, I was like, nope, Ugh, that's silly. I'm great. I'm super even keel. And that's because there was no one else. It was just me. It's really easy to be happy and even keel when it's just you. Um, and, and I was happy for a very long time. And then I think the last holiday season that I spent in Atlanta alone, Thanksgiving alone, just me and the dogs, which like, oh my God, big deal. Who cares? Not really not that big of a deal. It just, it's an easy time to kind of like feel sorry for yourself and be like, oh, I'm alone on Thanksgiving. I, I don't really care about Thanksgiving that much. It wasn't a big deal. But then Christmas and New Year's and 
and I don't know, I had done it for a few years prior to this, but it just started to weigh on me. And I was on FaceTime with Jenna one night and our friend Dave or her friend Dave, who were here in Tucson and I was in Atlanta and they were like, why don't you just move here? Like, what are you doing? And honestly, I don't know what happened, but like, it just like, a, like it flipped a switch. I was like, why don't I just move there? This is stupid. I'm totally alone. I'm lonely. This is silly. I can do my job from anywhere. So I, I mean, I got off the phone with them that night and I immediately started figuring it out. And I gave my, you know, month notice to the house I was renting and I, and that's it. I, I rented a U-Haul. I packed up my shit. I sold all my, all my furniture, everything. And I got in the car with Henry and Izzy and Kat and we drove across the country and moved in with my dad, who <laughs> was very kind to take us in. And it was a nightmare. We do not live well together. Um, so when I found the place that I'm in now, uh, which I love, I love this house that I'm renting. Um, I moved in. It was great. I was super happy and still single and very comfortable and excited to be in a new place where my sister and my dad and Michael and, you know, like, yeah, Mark, but like, you know, Mark was still just, just Mark at that point. Um, and it was nice. I was, I was happy to be here. I had a lot of fun hanging out with Jenna, Michael, and Mark and and Dave, who doesn't live here anymore. He's but he did live here. Um, and one day in I don't know, I moved here in October 2021, so probably end of October, beginning November. Um, I was here home at my house. I had very little furniture and was I don't know what I was doing. Um, uh, and I heard somebody pull up out front. I was like, who's that? Jenna was out of town for work. I think, uh, Michael was working. Dave, I think was like, I, I was like, who could possibly be here? I looked out the blinds and I saw there was Mark who had pulled up in, um, this amazing Jeep that, um, Michael's Michael owns, I guess. Um, And I remember looking out the like front window and being like, oh, God, it's Mark. I'm like in my workout clothes, no make, like nothing. I was like, I felt a little bit panicked for a moment. Like, eh, well, it's just Mark. Okay, it's fine. There's nothing I could do. I couldn't like fix myself up in the three seconds it was going to take him to walk from the Jeep to my front door. Um, and so he, he came to the door. I let him in. He said like, hey, I just, I was out on in the Jeep and I thought maybe you want to go for a ride. It's a. I think I've posted pictures. It's a like really special, amazing, beautiful car. It's like an experience to go for a ride in this Jeep. It has like a Corvette engine and it's it's incredible. Um I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. Fine. Yeah, let's go for a ride. <laughs> I think it was a Friday and it was like sunset. I don't know why I'm crying because I wasn't in love with Mark at this point. <laughs> I I, you know, knew Mark for many, many years, but only in a very kind of passing acquaintance, let's have a few drinks type way. 
I was excited. I was like, cool. I don't know that many people here. This is fun. Yeah, let's go for a ride. And we went for a ride. We had so much fun. We laughed, laughed. He drove over. <laughs> and he brought me back home. I said, why don't you come in and have a drink? So we had a, had a drink. I put out like some, some snacks. <laughs> we talked and we talked and we couldn't stop talking. I had so much fun with him that first day. And it wasn't romantic. I mean, it was maybe a little flirty, but like it was just, it was just fun and easy. And it, and we couldn't stop talking. At a certain point, it was like dark out. And he said, I gotta, I gotta get the Jeep back um, to, to Michael's. Do you, you know, I think we're gonna have some drinks. Do you want to come over? I was like, well, Jenna's out of town, you know, I don't know. And he was like, no, it's fine. Come. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, change and I'll meet you over there. And I went over and, you know, it was, I think it was Michael and Mark and our friend Mellum and we had drinks and it was lovely. It was nice. Just hung out easy. And at a certain point in that night, I was still like, not. I was, I was still very independent and I hadn't lost myself and Mark in our relationship yet. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go home to my dogs. Um, and Mark walked me out. And there had been like, you know, this spark between us all night. And, um, and he kissed me. And it was so exciting I was so excited that maybe this would be nothing maybe it would be something I don't know but I was excited (sighs) and that was it that I didn't know it at the time but I I had fallen for him in just that one day and I, I didn't realize it until I realized it and you know weeks later I realized it and I was like fuck I'm fucked I really like this guy like and I and he really likes me I, I he did I, I think he did he did really like me but it's easy to really like somebody in the beginning you know before all the Everything's shiny and new and everybody's on their best behavior and none of the, the bad parts have come out yet. Right? You know, and both of us were very much like, oh, we're going to keep it casual. And just, it's just, we'll just be, I was like, I don't want to be in a relationship. I've been single for years. I don't want to be in a relationship. Let's be casual. And he very much felt the same way. Um, and very, very early on, I realized I don't know how to be casual with this person. This is somebody that I could very much love. Like, I can be totally myself. My my best self, my worst self, all, all of me, I can be. And he gets it. He gets it. He gets me. 
and we can talk forever. And we laughed so much. Like we laughed. Honestly, I've never, I've never laughed as much with anyone as, as we did, as we did and do, honestly. All of this is coming from a place that I saw Mark last night and today. And I really buried the lead on that one. Um, but that is where this just total crushing emotions is coming from. And um, anyways, yeah, I, I, I knew I was fucked pretty, pretty quickly. He, um, and he, he pursued me, which was nice. I don't, not many of my relationships have really gone like that. I'm a pretty like forward person. So if I'm interested in somebody, I'm, I'm going to say it. Um, but I was trying to really hold back in the beginning and by beginning, I mean like the first few weeks with Mark. Uh, and he, you know, he would call and be like, can I come over? Can I see you? And I remember multiple times being like, no, mm, nah, I don't feel like, like in my head, I was like, cause I don't want to shower and put on makeup or look nice. So no, you can't come over. Um, but he didn't, he didn't give up. And, uh, and then quickly, I think whether either of us realized it or not, the, the, those roles changed. And I was just very quickly head over heels for him. Um, I was taken. He, he's as fucking gutted as I am by him right now I still cannot not say that he was handsome and and smart and funny and and fun like so fun to be with and, and interesting I mean we could just talk forever and I I uh I became way too attached way too quickly that's that's for sure um but i think he was he was he was attached to me as well and we just quickly kind of fell into it and then um and then life hit us pretty pretty fucking hard uh, within the next Somebody's shooting a gun outside and the dogs are going to lose it. Oh, there we go. Oh, those are fireworks. Not a gun. And there they are barking in the background, which you may still hear. And by you, I mean, I don't know who, because I don't know if I'm going to publish this, but... It is keeping me from calling Mark and it is keeping me from hysterically crying. So I'm going to keep going. Um, I don't know. I think I was saying that early on in the relationship, I, I became the one who was more into Mark than he was into me and that's just a fucking dangerous place to be I think for for whoever's in that position it sucks to be the person who likes or loves or cares about the other person more 
Like you always want to be the one that is kind of more cavalier and nonchalant. Like, oh, yeah, I love them, but they love me more. Yeah, that was that was not the case. And, and I don't think has ever been the case again. But I always felt very... Um, confident in that Mark felt the same way that I did. Maybe I loved him more or was more um, like emotionally invested in the relationship slightly than him. But until today, I really, really believed like, and I do not consider myself to be a naive person or someone who's easily fooled or 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 stupid um but i am questioning that now because uh, until today i really believed that mark um ultimately loved me as much as I love him and um, and felt that same kind of special like something where he knew that like yeah this sucks right now this is hard Margot's an asshole or a nightmare or has got to figure some of her shit out but like at the end of the day, she's still it for me, and we will be together. I I really, really convinced myself that was true, and that's how he felt. Um, and then today, I got really fucking smacked in the face with no you stupid idiot that's not true like that's not you feel that way meaning me he does not because he's a normal person who can regulate his emotions and can say I love this woman however this is not she's crazy and this is not healthy and I don't want to deal with her intensity or how much she is to handle so I'll find, I'll be alone and then eventually I will find someone else and it will be fine. And that's actually reasonable. So I, I say that like with a tinge of kind of sarcasm, but he's not wrong. That's how it should go. You know, if he, if I stress him out, if I'm too much for him, if I'm too intense for him, which is what he said, which is not wrong, that is true sometimes. Um, then like, no shit, move on, dude. Yeah. You love me, but it's not, it's not right. It's not working. It doesn't make your life better. I don't make your life better. You have to move on. Like the, it all makes sense logically to me, but emotionally it feels like what, <laughs> what you can't deal with me or how, how emotional I am, or my intensity, or, yeah, I'm a fucking pain in the ass. I am an intense, difficult person, many times, often. But there, but the other parts of me 
are great. I think. I do think. How can those parts not outweigh my bad parts for you? Because for me, for for me, for him, for him, for me, <laughs> um, like I said before, every uh, he, of course, he has bad parts and difficult parts and things that I don't like or or pain to deal with. All of us do. Nobody's perfect. But his is as frustrated or or angry or upset I get with his the difficult parts of him. The 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 good parts far outweigh that I would put up with any of his shit forever. <sighs> and it's such a I don't even know how to describe the feeling of feeling that way for someone and knowing they don't reciprocate. Like my bad parts are too much for him. He can't deal with them. I would deal with almost anything that he threw at me because I love all the other parts of him so much. And I feel so stupid and pathetic. And like such a, oh, I can't even get a thought out because Henry's barking. Hold on. I, I, I don't know. I just, maybe this is something that most people have experienced or gone through in breakups. And that makes me feel even more pathetic that I haven't experienced this or maybe grateful because who the fuck wants to experience this? This sucks. This is awful. I have been in love with or maybe at least like really liked people who who I wasn't in a relationship with and they didn't reciprocate and like that sucks but it only gets so far. You know, like, I like you from what I know of you, but we're not actually intimate or in a relationship. So if you reject me, it doesn't hurt that bad. But spending um, years, two years, not, not, not a lifetime, but two years is a good amount of time. And we have gone through family deaths, pet deaths traveling, vacations, career changes, like so much. And through all of it, I only love him more. Like my love for him. Yeah, my my fucking annoyance for him has grown as well. Like, don't get me wrong. There are so many moments and times and days where I'm like, ah, you're annoying the fuck out of me. And I probably acted shittier than that when he was annoying me. I probably acted way, way shittier than that, which I regret now. But um, but no matter how much he annoyed me, it never 
never superseded how much I love him. And I don't know if I have felt a feeling like this. I think I said it the other day, but loving someone who you have like shared life with and lived with, been close and intimate and, and fa- I mean, Mark is family. I consider him my family. And to have that person tell you that they um, they don't feel that way about you anymore. <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, it throws you down like a rabbit hole of just self-doubt and questioning your Like when? When did he stop loving me? When did he? Was it one thing? Was it several things? What if I hadn't done this one last thing? What if on New Year's Eve I hadn't acted like an asshole? Would he still be here? How long has he been questioning if he wants to be with me? Because I have not once questioned if I want to be with him. (gasps) And what a fool. What a pathetic fool I am. How did I not see it? How did I not see that he was slowly falling out of love with me. <laughs> so, yesterday I um I was feeling good. I had not I had like not texted or talked to Mark all week basically. Well, not all week, but most of the week for days, for several days. And um I was feeling proud of myself, like, okay, you're good. You're doing good, focusing on you, exercising, working, good things at work. Um, And Friday night, he texted me and said, just wanted to say hi, and I hope you and the pups are doing good. It was really nice because I have thought about him a thousand times billion times this week. But I have, every time I thought about him, I tried to say, nope, think about yourself. Focus on you. Let's go running. Let's do work. Let's whatever. No, like let's remove the focus from him. And, um, and in my head, he's not thinking about me at all. He's not sad. He's like, you know, living it up at his house, just loving life being girlfriendless and no dogs and no nobody nagging him or whatever which who knows if that's true or not but getting that text it was reassuring that like I'm not only thinking about you you also are thinking about me which was nice I was painting um so I didn't see it for a while I texted him back you know yep the pups miss you what whatever and that was it he said yeah, okay, good. I miss them. I'm doing good. That was it. And then yesterday, Saturday morning, I woke up. I was still thinking about him. I didn't respond that night. I was like, well, let's not, let's just sit with this, see where it goes. Maybe I'm just thinking about him. Let's not be impulsive. My big word that I'm trying to 
teach myself this year is pause. Like before you react, pause. Before you text, pause. Let's like think and just wait. So I did. And I went running. I found a great, well, I won't say great, but I found a mediocre table for the backyard on my run. I carried it home, whatnot. And I wanted to make Italian sausage that he had bought a couple weeks ago and ravioli. And I didn't know how to do the grill. So I thought, well, I'll just like, it's been two weeks since he left, since he dumped me and left. So let's invite him over. Let's see where we're at. So I did. And he said, eh, I've been working all day. I'm tired. I'm not going to come. I was like, okay. I was like, well, that's a bummer. Um, can I call you to help me with the grill a little bit later? And I, he said, yeah. And I was like, okay, great. So I took a shower, called him to help me with the grill. And he's like trying to explain it to me. I can't figure out. It's this enormous grill. Um, and I said, why don't you just come over? Like it doesn't have like, it's, re- you don't, it's relaxing. I know you're tired, but like, come on, just come over and, and whatever. However we got there, we got there. He said, fine, but I don't want to like confuse things. I don't want there to be mixed messages. I said, I get it. You don't want to date me right now. We're not in a relationship. We are just like people who we're in a relationship who did love each other. We share a dog. You still have all of your shit at my house. Like, come help me cook the sausage. Let's have dinner. It's casual. And he said, okay. Well, my fucking mistake. I'm dumb. It was so nice to see him when he walked in. And it was weird, you know. It was like, do we hug? Do we kiss? No. So I just said hi and I made him a drink. The dogs were ecstatic. They fucking love him. Um, It was a little awkward at first. It was. Yeah, just like very like, how's work? How's your day? How's your roof? He's having a roof problem. Um, We had a few drinks and I was really trying to steer clear of like relationship conversation. I just wanted to have like a nice night together and just friendly. And that was it. But I mean, if you know me, which most of you, if anyone's listening, don't know me. But um, yeah, I can't if there's something on my mind, it's coming out. I can't keep anything in. I have zero poker face. I cannot pretend. I cannot keep it to myself. There's no chill with me. Like, I'm going to say it. And that's it. And of course, I did. And I was like, can I ask you something? I don't. I really don't remember how it started. But like, can I ask you something? And, you know, what? And then the relationship conversation started. It was off and running. And we had both had a few drinks So it felt, unless I'm remembering it incorrectly, which maybe I am, um, it felt hopeful to me. It felt like, yeah, no, we are not dating. We are not in a relationship. This is not happening right now. But I love you and I love you. So that's both of us saying it to each other. Uh, And like, let's just see. We need to not be together right now. But that doesn't mean never. Um, and I 
I took that at face value. <laughs> or maybe maybe I read too much. And it, like to me that meant, yeah, right now. But like, I got to figure some shit out. You got to figure some shit out. But at the end of the day, in my head, there's no question. Like it's Mark. It's me and Mark. That's it. Whether it takes a month or six months or a year, it's us together. And maybe I convinced myself that that's what he thought also. But I now realize it's not. So he slept over. It's lovely. We had a very nice night. Woke up. I said, let's get breakfast. We went to breakfast. We had a great time at breakfast. And at breakfast, he said, like, I'm going to, you know, come back with some boxes and pack up my stuff. I said, but not all your stuff, right? (laughs) And he kind of looked at me like, well, yeah, like, I need to be comfortable at my house. You know, he owns his own place that he kept while he was living here. And so he's like, I need to be comfortable at my house, which makes sense. Duh, of course he wants to be comfortable at his house. But like I said before, if if he takes all this stuff out, it makes me feel there's no chance he's ever coming back. And that's, that doesn't necessarily mean that like, to me that's what it meant because like we broke up once before he moved out and when he came and when we got back together and he came back he like he really came back he moved everything in here so I feel like if he moves everything out then that's it but I was still kind of holding on to like what we had talked about last night that He very clearly said, I don't know. I know that we can't be in a relationship right now. I cannot be in a relationship with you right now. It's too stressful. I don't know what that means for the future. It and today at breakfast when he said he's gonna get his stuff, I I like started tearing up and he he could see that I was gonna cry. And obviously I don't wanna cry in this restaurant, the fuck. And he was like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said anything. And I was like, No, 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 it's okay. Like I need to accept this, but can you tell me? Like you taking everything, like your mini fridge and everything. Does that mean that you're never, there's no possibility of ever be back? And he said, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that I need what I need to be comfortable. And that hugely comforted me. And maybe too much, but it did. It just... He said, I shouldn't stay over. We shouldn't go to breakfast. It's going to confuse things. And I said, no, it's not. I know that you don't want to be with me. And I do know that. And I get that. I'm okay with that. But I'm only okay with it if there's a chance for us to be together in the future. And that's what's kind of kept me together. 
is thinking right now. I get that. Something has to change. I get it. But at the end of the day, we will be together. Just not right now. So he, anyways, he came back. He brought boxes. I helped him pack up. I helped him load his truck. It was very lovely and amicable. And I was sad, but I gave him a hug. We hugged, we kissed, we talked. (laughs) And I said, this doesn't mean forever, right? Like this doesn't mean you're never coming back. (laughs) And he said, no, it doesn't mean anything. It just means I need my stuff now. We'll see what happens. And I really, really believed that. (laughs) It is what allowed me to not be hysterical annoyingly like I am now and to like see him go and drive away with all this stuff and think, okay, it's just for now. But then, um, and that was it. He left. And then when I called him, um, later this evening, like, I don't know, probably right before I started recording this. And I said, uh, you know, I heard, I talked to other people that know Mark and know me and uh, heard like, that like, I said, I heard that like, you're done, done. Like, you're never going to get back together with me. Is that true? Because that's not the feeling or the, or the sentiment or it's literally not what you said this morning. And he said, no, I said this morning, I don't know. Why do you have to, you know, he, he's right. I push for a final answer. Like, are we going to get back together one day or are we not? I need a final answer right now. I need to know indefinitely, like, or, or definitely right now. I need to know. And, um, it's God, that must be annoying when I speak it out loud. It, it, does sound annoying to be on the receiving end of that. But on my end of it, it feels like I need an answer because I am in fucking love with you and I want to be with you. And if you in your mind know that there is zero fucking possibility of that, it is going to gut me and crush my soul right now. But you have to tell me because otherwise I'm going to keep waking up every day thinking, I'm alone and that's a little bit sad, but it's okay because I'm working on me and eventually Mark will be, me and Mark will be together, whether it be in this house or a different house or whatever. And I don't want to do that. If there's, if you're at your house thinking, fuck her, I'm never going to be with her again. Ha ha, joke's on her. And I don't know, I pushed him, pushed him on the phone tonight. Give me an answer. Not an answer of if we will be together. Nobody knows that. No shit. Who know? I could get hit by a bus. I could meet, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal tomorrow and like fall madly in love. Like who the fuck knows? But to the best of your ability to understand this situation, is it off the table for us? in the future or or is it on the t- is it a possibility 
And in my head, anything's a possibility. Unless he is like, dot, like he's grossed out by me. He's done. He's turned off. Zero interest. Like literally doesn't even want to be around me. Which I started thinking like, oh my God, am I the biggest fool in the world? Like did this man sleep here just to like keep things copacetic so he could get his stuff and I wouldn't freak out or like tell him, fuck you, you can't get your stuff. Am I that blind and foolish that I believed that he still cares about me? Or I hate that. Not cares because that feels like a fucking placating term. That he still loves me, that he's still in love with me but just can't deal with the stress of me, which is fair, if I'm going to be honest. Fair right now. But that he still loves me, so there is a possibility in the future. Or is he literally just saying these things so that he can get his shit without me causing a scene, and then he's gone, he's done. And I think that's what it was. Because the phone call I just had, he, I said, I need you to tell me, is there a chance? He said, as of now, no, no. (sighs) And that, um, I don't know how. I don't know how to digest that, to be honest, which is why I'm fucking sobbing into a microphone that may or may not get published because I don't know how to swallow that. I don't know how to share that much life with someone and love and respect them so much and want to love and respect them so much that I want to share my life with them. And have them not feel the same way. And on top of that, to feel like such a fool that I, that up until two weeks ago, I thought you did think that. I thought you did feel that way about me. I thought I was it for you like you're it for me. What a fucking moron I feel like now. (laughs) And I'm not a moron. I am a smart, intelligent person. Uh, Emotionally intelligent. I'm an emotional wreck a lot of the time and more so lately than ever before. But um, I'm an emotionally intelligent person. So how could I misread this situation? We were in Belize six weeks ago having the time of our lives. How did I misread this so much? Like, wow, wow. I thought after I got divorced, I was like, I am done with love, with relationships, with dating. Like, I am very fucking happy alone. I will casually, you know, see people here and there, but I am, it is me and my animals and that is it and I am happy and I should have fucking stuck to that because (sighs) 
this is shit. This is trash. This feels awful. To feel rejected, unloved, unwanted, and stupid all at the same fucking time. Like, God. And, and, and I am a lot. I am an intense, intense fucking person. And I, I think I said it before. I've said it a bunch on this, whatever, million hour recording of me blabbing. And I'll say it again. I am a lot. But there is, I thought there was more good than bad in me. And this has made me question that. Which is terrible. I don't know how to reckon with that my life, like my future, doesn't include Mark. I don't really have a choice at this point, especially if I publish this, then like, oh my God, I'm sure he'll never want to talk to me, but I don't know how to come to terms with that. Like we talked about life, like life, like buying land and having horses and traveling and it just I don't see that with anybody else and I know what everyone will say you'll get through this this will pass you will find and meet someone else and I'm sure I will right now I don't want to (laughs) I wish that I didn't feel so fucking pathetic and I wish that he saw in me what I see in him and that is everything the rest of my life home my home feels like with him (sighs) and it's not I guess I felt a lot better after the last one that I recorded. By the end of it, I felt, (laughs) I think I was laughing or felt hopeful. And I feel really not hopeful right now. And I wish I had something more positive to say, but this is honestly how I feel. I feel very stupid and rejected and hopeless and I will get through it because I have before Um, somebody listened to the last one and said that they thought it was a cry for help and I want to be real clear it's this is not 
this is um, a coping mechanism for me, which may be fairly selfish because people who are subscribed to this or are listening to this or whatever are listening for true crime, not for sobbing um, heartbreak. <laughs> I don't know who's listening for sobbing heartbreak. Probably no one. But um, this is not a cry for help. It is a way for me to try and process this because I feel really lonely and um, and the people that I would turn to when I feel lonely or sad are the people that I can't, I can't turn to Mark and um, I of course could turn to my sister but it's complicated because we're all kind of intertwined so I'm trying to be respectful of that. Um, I mean, I guess putting this out to the world isn't, is, I don't know what it is, to be honest. And and right now I'm so fucking sad. I don't really care. <laughs> um, because <sighs> this is where, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I am. I am fucking gutted. I am just devastated. And maybe I want to document it because I know that I won't always be here. I won't always feel this way. I will either get over Mark and be okay, or I will be okay and we will work it out and be together or, you know, one way or the other, I will be okay. And in these moments, it's really easy to forget that. It's really easy to think I'm never going to feel okay. Because that's how it feels right now. But um, I want to be able to look back on this and say, wow, I was so not okay. And now I am. Because I am resilient, if nothing else. And uh, and I don't know. Again, if there's anyone else out there who feels or is dealing with this, then maybe this is helpful. Maybe this is hugely unhelpful and just so depressing and making it worse for you if you're dealing with this. But I I don't know. It's all that I know how to do right now. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to do with this, these, these feelings uh, and this pain. So I'm just going to fucking put it out in the world and like spread it around, which sounds awful. Um, but... <sighs> I'm quite certain nobody's listening at this point. So I will just sign off. I was hoping I would feel better by the end, but I I really don't still. So I guess stay tuned. Maybe uh, hopefully tomorrow or whenever the next time I pick up this microphone will be better. I was planning to try and finish writing and recording an episode uh, tomorrow, Monday. I don't know if I'm going to publish this or when, but um, I don't know that that's going to happen, if I'm being honest. 
So this might be all you get this week and that sucks and I'm so sorry. And I promise this is not going to be a, um, a heartbreak central, uh, podcast feed. I will, uh, you know, I, I, I did, me and Jenna spoke today. Everything I think is good. So hopefully we will be back to recording next week. Um, and maybe I will record tomorrow. I don't know. As of now, I am just trying to get through each moment. And, um, leave it at that. And if you are somehow still listening, thank you. And if you are so annoyed with all of this and just want the true crime back, I'm sorry. And thank you for, for, um, for bearing with me. Uh, yeah. Okay.